so we can be recording for the podcast that goes up later. Thank you. Hi, Rhonda. Thanks for joining in. And uh, so if you have your Bibles, let's open and let's read in Luke chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 23 through the end of the chapter. This is the genealogy section. So if you haven't read it in a while, shame on you. <laughs> Just joking. Um, you know, don't skip over the genealogies. Let's learn why genealogies are important this morning. So let's read from the Gospel of Luke together. Jesus, when he began his ministry, was about 30 years of age, being the son, as he was supposed, of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Methat, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Jenai, the son of Joseph, the son of Mattathias, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Ezlai, the son of Negei, the son of Maath, the son of Mattathias, the son of Simon, the son of Josech, the son of Jodah, the son of Jonan, the son of Resa, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the son of Nirai, the son of Melchi, the son of Adai, the son of Kosam, the son of Elmadam, the son of Er, the son of Joshua, the son of Eliezer, the son of Joram, the son of Mavat, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of Jonah, the son of Eliakim, the son of Meleah, the son of Mena, the son of Mattatha, the son of Nathan, the son of David, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Salah, the son of Nashon, the son of Aminadab, the son of Admin, the son of Arni, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor, the son of Serug, the son of Reu, the son of Peleg, the son of Eber, the son of Shelah, the son of Canaan, the son of Arphaxad, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, the son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalel, the son of Canaan, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Wow. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hi, Mark. Hey, I'm sure a few others joined while I had my face in the book. This is not a, a reading that you can look up very easily from. So if you heard us, we were reading through this long list of Hebrew names and the genealogy of Jesus, a very important section that a lot of times is overlooked by people. But we're going we're gonna to take it apart a little bit and talk about why it's important this morning. Um, there are two major genealogies, two, really only two genealogies of Jesus. Both Mark and John do not incorporate that into their gospel, but Matthew and Luke do. But they're different you'll notice some striking differences in them. So uh, 
I want to talk a little bit about some of those differences, and then we'll talk about why they're different. As you were reading through this with me, uh, did you did you hear some names you recognized? I bet you did. I mean, there's a lot of great biblical Old Testament names in there, and as I was reading them, I was just their their lives and their stories were kind of flashing before my eyes and uh, in my mind's eye, and uh, it's exciting to think about some of those and how Luke is telling the story that Jesus is descended from all of these famous Old Testament persons. There's a lot of infamous or infamous persons too, uh, people that we wouldn't even know their story. Uh, some of them, which undoubtedly aren't really even mentioned throughout Scripture, but Luke knew them as he was going through here. Good morning, Sylvia. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, and hello to all you. I've missed your names. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, but I, I just... I want to start, I want to compare a little bit. Matthew has a shorter list, and Matthew begins his list with Abraham. So they, they count in different directions. Matthew starts with Abraham and names up to Jesus. Luke starts with uh, Joseph and Jesus, you know, the family meeting, and begins to uh, work backward into the story. And he works backward all the way to God. It's powerful. Luke, Matthew was concerned in his gospel. And because these two are different, don't get nervous. There's not a bunch of mistakes here in the Bible. It's not about that. And we're going to discuss why that some, some different names appear, and that's okay. Um, but Matthew's gospel is written to a Jewish audience. So he's very concerned with helping the Jews discover that Jesus is Messiah and that he is the, the son of David because David, of course, was the great king uh, in the Jewish lineage of kings, the man who it is that God chose to, uh, to send his, uh, his line on the throne forever as Christ would ascend to that throne. So it was a promise God made to David that his throne would literally never go away. And uh, we know that Christ fulfills that. Now, so Matthew, very Jewish audience, building a very Jewish list all the way back to Abraham. Luke, Dr. Luke, writing to a Gentile audience. Luke's whole gospel, as we've been learning, is concerned with showing Jesus Christ, not just as the Jewish Messiah, but as the Christ, which, of course, in Greek means the anointed one. He's showing him as the Christ, the Savior of the whole world. That's the goal of Luke's gospel, that when we read it, especially we, Gentiles, even 2,000 years later, we see a connection that Jesus Christ, this Jewish-born son of Mary, was actually the Son of God, and he is our Savior. We are, we are connected to him as just as we're connected to God all the way back to God. So I'm going to set the book aside for just a minute and uncover a few of my notes because I've got a lot of notes here that I want to be sure not to miss. Um, as we're working through this, um, we notice that one, one of the first things we notice is that some of the names are different. And I told you that was okay. And, and here's why. In the, in the ancient world, names of, when it says the son of, okay, that was not 
and a word that meant something of immediacy. So, for instance, I could say, I'm the son of Leonard Rogers, okay? Or, I'm the son of Earl Riley. Th those were names of my grandfathers, okay? I could say that because it, I am their son. I'm their grandson. And that's the same. In the Hebrew mind, it didn't have to be an immediacy. Luke was not trying to build a record of immediacy all the way back uh, son, 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 as we think of son. But some of these could well have been grandsons and great-grandsons as they're being led to tell the story. And, and there's so really, that shows us a lot, really, because in, in the Hebrew faith, there was this thing called Leverite marriage. The Le we talked about that uh, a while back. But the, you know, the, this idea that if someone's brother, if someone died, a man died before he had children, then his brother had the obligation to take his wife and to have children through him. And so sometimes it wasn't the exact lineage or the exact same name. Uh, and there's a lot, so there's a lot of things that can confuse that lineage. But the important thing is what Jesus is connected to Abraham for the story of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, the, the the beginner of God covenanting in the old ways with Abraham, which he was fulfilling in the new way, new way with Jesus. That's Matthew's story. And for Luke, it's the importance of connecting us all the way back to Adam. Why Adam? All the way back to Adam. Because Adam is the son of God, the first son of God in, well, Jesus is the first son of God in the Holy Trinity, eternally existent before all worlds. But in our human terms, Adam is the first son of God. Adam is his creation of the earth. In fact, the name Adam in Hebrew means human, okay, of the earth. And uh, in that sense, Jesus is Adam's son. So Jesus is truly human as well, of the earth. Like carbon, carbon bodies, I'm not a medical person and all that, but, you know, a carbon-based bodies that, that are from the earth and that return to the earth. This idea, you know, Scripture teaches us, from dust you came and to dust you shall return. Uh, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Say that every time I do a burial. Um, we'll be saying that in a couple hours. But in, in terms of, of importance, it's important that Luke connect Adam as the son of, I mean, Jesus as the son of Adam, because in that sense, we're all the sons of Adam. And I think that's huge for us to stop and think about for a minute, especially in our world that is struggling so much with racism in our, in our current culture. And, and, you know, my heart wants to believe that racism isn't as bad as the media wants to make it out to be. But yet I'm not stupid. I know that there are a lot of racist people. I don't know a lot of racist people. I don't want to know a lot of racist people. Um, but I know a lot of people of other races, and I love them. And I know that we are all equal and descendants of one man, one human, and that's Adam. So Jesus himself was a Jew. Um, there are the race, you know, this whole, I'll just say this about this racism thing that makes me so mad. I, I will never, ever understand white supremacy, ever. I mean, we are latecomers in the game. The, the Caucasian uh, 
white race, if you want to call it that, whatever term you want to use, is, is a latecomer to the game. All these others existed way before us. Uh, we're descendants of Europeans who were settled out of others. And, you know, it just, how could we possibly think that we're the best? I mean, we're the first or best or whatever. I mean, everyone is equal. Just get it on the table. Everyone is equal. Everyone's life, regardless of race, matters. And, and geneal the genealogy of Jesus is proving that. Um, now, one other thing that we'll talk about here in the genealogy of Jesus is you'll notice that Luke uses only men in his lineage. Matthew includes some women in there, like Rahab and uh, Ruth and some of those. And even some women like Rahab, known to be uh, notorious, she was a prostitute, but she was also known to be righteous in that she did the right thing and came to faith in God. And, and so Matthew's concerned with showing that, uh, that that lineage covers everyone in the covenant, okay? Not just men, and it's never been just about men. It isn't just about men even in Luke's, okay? But in that ancient world, there was a legal consideration. And that legal consideration was that lineage was always uh, an heir, heirs and inheritance and all this was always considered and passed down through the male line. It's just the way it was in the ancient world. Now, what I think is fascinating about that is that Jesus uh, was not even Joseph's human son. Joseph was, of course, his stepfather. God's his father. He's God's prodigy. God and Mary in the beautiful uh, incarnation. Uh, of the Holy Spirit in incarnate, uh, impregnating Mary in mystical, miraculous ways and, and bringing to us God in the human flesh. So if you look at the very first line of scripture here with me, there's two things we want to kind of comment on. One, it says that, uh, and I'll start with the second one at the end of the verse. It says that Jesus being the son, and then there's parentheses, as was supposed of Joseph. Why do you think Luke put as was supposed? Because he's commenting here on the fact of Jesus' virgin birth. But everybody supposed. Nobody knew about the, the, the virgin birth. I mean, it was, you know, people were learning it, especially the believers after Pentecost, and they're learning these things, uh, and these are coming to be part of the faith. But it wasn't widespread. I mean, everybody in in, in Galilee and Judea, they didn't know he was a virgin-born uh, man of God because everybody just assumed he was Joseph's son. So it was supposed, but it wasn't real. He was supposed as Joseph's son, but not actually Joseph's son. So in that sense, again, you see the connection of both son of man and son of God. And so that's why I think Luke puts that comment in there. Now, he begins by telling us that Jesus, when he began his ministry, was about 30 years of age. I love how Luke says, here's a guy that's into details, uh, but yet says about 30 years of age. Because it's important that he's making a point here. There's something about being 30. Uh, I can barely remember my 30th anniversary, my 30th birthday, I guess I should say, 30th anniversary. But uh, it was actually, I do remember it pretty well now that I think about it. It was a surprise. Rhonda, my wife, held a surprise for me. And, you know, surprises are hard to pull off. 
But she pulled it off really well because she did it a month after my birthday, and we were just going to dinner at the neighbor's house, and there was everybody. So word to the wise, if you want to pull off a surprise, just do it a month later. They're not going to be expecting it. So that was fun, though. I remember that now. But, uh, you know, 30 years old, I remember when I turned 30, I thought, wow, I'm 30. And, and then I remember when I turned 40, I go, wow, I'm 40. And then I turned 50, and I go, wow, I'm 50. Well, I'm 59 now. The next birthday in February, it'll be, wow. Or maybe I'll say, oh, no, I'm 60. But, you know, really, you know what I'm learning? I'm learning it, it, it's okay. Age is a, age is just a figure in your mind. You're as young as you feel, as young as you want to be, as young as you can get out there and do. So, uh, you know, none of us knows how long we'll live. And, hey, so let's celebrate every day, uh, whether 30, 40, 50, or 60. But there's a reason why Luke wanted to point out that Jesus was about 30. Because 30 was the age in the people of God in the Old Testament, in the Mosaic Law, 30 was the age when a, a man was considered wise enough. It was the age of wisdom. He was considered wise enough that he could actually work in the temple or the tabernacle in, in the beginning days. He could actually run a business and he was considered a person of wisdom. Boy, that's changed a lot in our culture, isn't it? I'm not, not sure what that age is, but uh, I remember when I was 30, I, of course, when you're younger, you think you know it all, and, and I'm, I know I thought I did, but uh, that was really arrogant. But at the same time, there is so much I did not know when I was 30 that I know a lot better now. And I'm sure when I'm 70, God willing, there'll be a lot I didn't know when I was 50. And and I, God willing, get there. But this idea of 30 years, I, I want you to hear one of the early church uh, commentators, Origen, we've read from him before, writing in the early 200s, so this is the very early 3rd century. Origen said this, he said, But also, if you hear these words, direct your thoughts to the Holy Scriptures in your leisure. <laughs> so he's like, in your leisure time, go look back in Scripture. And uh, when you hear these words about Jesus being uh, 30 years old as the beginning of his ministry, he says, you will discover many great events to be comprised under the number 30 or 50. I don't know why he throws the 50 in there. We're really not studying that today. But, but this is in his commentary on, on Scripture. He says, Joseph was 30 years old when he was led out of prison and received the rule of all of Egypt that he might divert the calamity of an imminent famine by divine provision. Jesus is reported here to have been 30 years old when he came to be baptized. So I think it's interesting. We know that Joseph was always a Christ figure, a, a deliverer of the people. And there's a real parallel. God does beautiful things with parallels. I love that. So Joseph was 30. Jesus was 30. Joseph's led out of prison. Jesus is not let out of prison directly, but he is let out of his former life, if you will, and to come into the fullness of knowledge as the Son of God. So, and Origen notes that it was because it came after Jesus' baptism. Now, when you read Matthew's Gospel, you see that he begins with this whole genealogy of Jesus. Luke carefully places the genealogy of Jesus after Jesus' baptism for a reason. Because it was at the baptism, as we studied last week, that we see or hear 
the Father God speaking those words, this is my Son, my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So he is, if you will, christened by the Father in his baptism to be the very Son of God in public. And everyone heard the voice. And everyone saw the dove. And the dove was the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. We talked about that last week. So, so it's important for Luke to show, here is the Son of Man, here is the Son of God, and he's beginning after the baptism. And here's his, here's his pedigree. Here's why he is who he is. And here's why you need to listen to him. Here's why he is the Christ. Here's why he is the Savior of all the world. Because he is not just the son of David, as Matthew, and, and the son of Abraham, as Matthew was so careful to proclaim. He is that, but he's so much more. He's the son of Adam, and he's the son of God. Wow, so that, that makes perfectly good sense. I love how Origen brings that out. I hadn't thought of that when I thought about uh, all the other 30-year-olds that might be important. Um, let me look at, at, at another thing that I think is, is really important. I'm going to give you two keys this morning. There are two keys that I think that we want to learn. When I use the word key, I use that. I notice I use that word a lot. The, the key, the key thought here. When I'm annotating in books, I, I tend to, I don't know why I do it, but I just write key. You know, here's, here's something that's really important. And there are two really important thoughts or, or keys to understanding this scripture that I, that I want to give to you. And that is the 